Hello and welcome back to the Wannabe Pundits podcast. Uh, a star-started lineup today. I'm joined by Alex Brad, uh, Matthew Semi-Star, and Jake. How are we, boys? Not too Not bad. bad Thanks for thing. asking. Not bad. Howdy. No, no, the pleasure is mine. Um, let's jump into a little bit of chatter about what's sort of unraveled over the past couple of days, last last match week. Um, would I be correct in saying it was match week six? Um, would be. Yeah, yes. Fabulous. Um, let's just have a very quick, I'll set a timer, Brad, 30 seconds, starting now for Chelsea. <laughs> Are we talking about the uh, the VAR Yeah, hurry up, mate. You're six six seconds in. Oh, mate. Okay. <laughs> harsh call. 100% harsh. I think to the book and to come from a black and white approach to decision-making, I think it is the correct decision. But in context, extremely, extremely harsh and justified to be... Um, brought up as kind of an issue, even though I can't, I disagree with that. All right, Brad, that is your time up, but all in all, how'd you play? Rated out of 10. <laughs> Two. Two. That's embarrassing. Bad. Embarrassing. Honestly, um, yeah, man. Like I Gamble. got to a point where I would sit on my lounge and think, why am I staying up till 2 a.m. watching this shit? Like, <laughs> it's just like, we do not attack. We don't We don't progress the ball forward. If we progress the ball forward, it's to the wings and then it's back to the centre-backs. It's literally umbrella ball. I think Matt's used to that a few years back at Arsenal, just umbrella ball is what we call it. Left wing back, centre-back, centre-back, right mate. wing back, centre-back, 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 left wing back, centre-back, 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 left wing back. Jorginho, back to the centre-back. Jorginho, back to the centre-back for 90 minutes. That was pretty much Love, what it Makes was. for lovely viewing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. Put it that way. I'm worried, but you just, you just got to take it and move on. You can't think too much about it. So, yeah. Um, all right. Beautiful. Let's switch gears over to Matthew and I'll let him touch briefly. Um, I'll give you a minute, mate. Cause Brad took a little bit of time there. It's only fair. I need a, a minute. minute. I need a minute. A, a minute starting <laughs> now. Tell us about Arsenal. Uh, the performance or the VAR also performance first. Performance first. Like I said in the chat, it was hard to explain because obviously I was pretty wound up in the morning for a few different reasons. But um, I think overall, I think like I don't think the score really reflected how well we played. It was more we we missed a lot of chances, we're in the box a lot, just couldn't finish. And then obviously two or three counter attacks, which to their credit were well uh, created. I'm not saying they weren't. Um, got us in the end, but. I don't know. I thought I'd be more disappointed losing 3-1 to United. Um, I don't know if it's because we've started well or you can still see that. We still played well even though we lost. Um, I don't know. This might sound a bit stupid, but I kind of put it in the same category as when Spurs beat City. Yeah, you know, City were like dominating, dominating. Not, they weren't dominating as much, but they, they kind of just would get them on the counter. And every time they broke, they looked like scoring. I think they won 4-2 against City last year. Um, but yeah, that's how I think it was. But with the, every, everything else, I did call it multiple times while other games were happening. I said, if you've got bad calls happening in every other game, wait till you get United Arsenal at Old Trafford with Paul Tini, you're bound for a bad call. So we'll leave it at that.
I'll let United boys have their moment because you guys deserve the win. So it's all good. We'll just let the There's no need to be so humble about it, mate. Come on. Was that, uh, no, but I wasn't. I don't think once I've like I did contest it. I complained about it. I moved on quickly. I just think that I don't know. I think losing three one. If you looked at the score, like shit, we got dominated again away at a big six club. But I don't think we did. I think you guys just played well, counted well, were clinical. And yeah. Yeah, so I don't think there's uh much for you to really worry about in terms of Arsenal. Like they still played really well. Um yeah. so like obviously <laughs> I say it as a joke, but at what what stage do you stop joking about it that Arsenal could actually challenge for top two? Um, you know, and they look really, really good. So there's no reason. Uh and you know, obviously that's a setback in their season, but as a United fan, I'll take that every day of the week. Um so, yeah, I mean, I was very impressed with Anthony's goal. Um, very, very well-worked team goal. Uh, I think there was 18 passes and every play touched the ball in the the play. And it went f- up the front, through the middle, and then back, and then up through the middle again, and then we scored. So that was a well-worked goal. Um, obviously, we got quite lucky with um, some of Arsenal's uh, defensive errors. Um, playing a very high line um, against Marcus Rashford is not a good idea. Um, especially when Bruno just loves to throw balls through the middle. Um, yeah, I think uh, we played quite well with our defence, and that's something that we've shown in the last four games now, four wins in a row. Uh, it's pretty big uh, for us especially. And, you know, everyone says, you know, we're counter-attacking, blah, 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 we sit back and stuff. But I think that's what United have become in the last few seasons is we sit back and we absorb the pressure and then because we have so much speed up front, that's when we, you know, really punish defences and, and catch them out. So, and I think that's what we did and did it very, very well. And Ten Hag's game management was um, was superb for me. Um, Alex, what do you think? I agree. I think starting from the, the beginning, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with United played very well first half. There was a few shaky errors. Um, and then leading into the second half, like Arsenal played well in the first half as well, don't get me wrong. But leading the second half, I thought we died off quite quickly and it was getting a bit worrying that Arsenal had a lot of possession. They were getting a lot of touches into the, our box. And I thought, shit, they might score here. But I think after Rashford scored, it was um pretty good. Pretty, how can you say? It was, game was pretty much going to be like that. I was catching them on the counter from, there on, from then on in, using our pace up front. Um, like it's good to see Anthony starting scoring and debut. I mean, you can't get much more than that. Yeah, but the passion. We still, we've still got, we still got Ka- bringing off play off the bench. Ronaldo, mm-hmm. Casemiro. So like, even Scott McTominay is actually playing really well at the moment for some strange reason. Yeah, but he's he's had a so massive kick up the ass. What are your thoughts on McTominay getting away with fucking murder every time he would kick Jesus? He he pushed Martinelli into the fence. He uh-huh. suplexed Jesus. He no, went not. in studs up on, I think, Saka. Yeah. And then um, two or three other ones. And I'm like, how's this this bloke not got a second yellow? Like, yeah, look, that I don't one think he got his pulled. first onto the suplex. I don't think he got yeah, his yeah, first. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it depends. Yeah. Was it a clean suplex or was it sloppy? If it's clean. <laughs> it was yeah, I was thinking middle. he might get himself sent off for that because he fully grabbed him and, like, twisted him and threw him to the ground. So... Yeah. I'm not saying, did he take his shoulder straps off? That's that's how you know it's good. like when when do you? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, anyway, I mean, well, I'll say something as well about that VAR call. I mean, when I first saw the foul, I thought 
that's a foul on Ericsson. But then it played yeah, on. So fucking hell, here we go. And then they scored. So I and but I can also see the frustration where as the ref was standing right there, and obviously he didn't deem it to, to be a foul. Um so like I don't know what guard's interview summed it up. He said that like I don't think he ever said that oh it isn't a foul. He said that the ref is right there. He watched it. It wasn't a super quick play where he quickly shoved him off. They were kind of tussling for a good two or three seconds. Then he won it. Then they played on and he decided to play it on. Why do they have to then go and look at it in slow-mo, look at every intricate little thing and then go, you know what? That's a clear error. Well, maybe I mean? maybe it's similar to the um, offside rule, how linesmen don't put their flag up. You know, let's see where it moves. Yeah, you're, like, not sh- you're not sure about the call. So then we'll go we and let VAR like, do its job. It's kind of like a benefit of the doubt approach. Yeah, that's it. You know, that defeats the whole clear, clear and obvious error thing, though. So, like, is that if 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 he's given? It's like in footy, if you give a try and the ref's standing right there, and he goes up as held up, the rep the video ref's not going to overturn it because the clear evidence is there that it's not a clear error. So it's like I just don't. In the end, I don't know if it would have cost us or not. We probably would have played similar. I don't know. I was just annoyed that Martinelli got robbed of a good goal and Erdegaard got robbed of a good assist. But yeah, it would have set the, the precedent for the game as well. You know, if we had conceded that goal, you know, Arsenal win that game, in my opinion, um, with no, the confidence and, and stuff. But yeah, I know it, it, it does. It's very, the, the lines are well and truly blurred all across the league, let's be honest. Yeah. And do we have a, a specific VAR segment coming up in today's show or tonight's show? We do. We, we, we do, do. so we'll save, we'll save anything else for that and we'll get a bit of a, a move on, I think. No, it's, it's, we, we, we've been discussing VAR for a good half an hour now, so we might come back to it shortly. Um, <laughs> I think a, um, I, a re- actually... I do have one more thing as an Arsenal fan, but we'll leave it if you want. That's all good. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, 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 no. I kind of want to hear this. it. I kind of want to hear it. No, it's got, it's got nothing to do with the United game. I just, looking at that Mendy challenge, I look back to that goal the week before against Villa when... Kamara is holding Ramsdale away from the goal and it's not overturned, but Mendy goes in to make a tackle and grab the ball and equally makes contact and is overturned. Like once again, I just don't get the, I don't get the justification on why one's foul and one's not. And yeah, but mm. we won that game. So no need to win, but I just thought, yeah, just another yeah. example. Of well, it. Isn't it a good thing that this is going to be discussed further? In mere Five minutes. minutes. <laughs> Can I just say um, something? Can I say something? A reintroduction oh, is in order. A reintroduction is in order. Mr. Sean Scott has arrived. Thank you. It's just, it's been good a while. Be back. Yeah, it's mate, be it's, back. Been, it's has, been a while. And you're, you're right in time to talk about Liverpool's um, amazing draw on the weekend. That's so, correct. So let's hear about it, boys. Amazing draw. Wow. Um, where do you start? I guess Everton were pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Pickford just had one of those games where you'd be the best keeper in the league, and the next week we'll have a fucking shitter. So that's really what it comes down to. I think it was just the, the forms of the keepers that kept it in the game. And then I think, as a neutral, I think Connor Cody's goal probably should have been given. I don't really see how it can be offside, but mm. you know, I'll take the rubber to the green. Barpool sticks around again. <laughs> Live Oh, sorry. So I, I wasn't unhappy with our performance, Sean. I actually think um, 
there were a couple of really good passages. Um, we probably, you, you could argue that both teams could have had three or four. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we had some really good opportunities um, that forced a lot of good saves, which resulted in Pickford being man of the match, which kind of speaks volumes of what the game was like. But it was actually very open, very free-flowing, very back and forward. So um, it was it was a good watch, to be honest. And by no means am I shrinking us to accepting a draw in a Merseyside derby. But I think given our current form in the past month and our slow start to the season, getting a point at Everton uh, is not a bad result for us. Hopefully we can start building and doing a bit better. Um, But the way that they played makes me think leaving with a point is actually not the worst outcome. No, I agree. I think especially defensively, we've looked a bit shaky. So it's yeah. good to see a clean sheet as well. So I hope that's something to build on. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't say it's the result you wouldn't want to go into the game, especially where Everton was sitting, especially where Lampard has sort of led his team recently as well. Somehow, cons a result. So yeah, I'm not going to be overly angry about it because, like you said, it could have been. I'm not. Been st- I'm not stoked, but I'm not no. upset. Yeah, that makes sense. If that that isn't Everton and it's not, you know, a derby, what are you saying about that game? Because I know you said you take a draw, but like Everton are a shithouse, let's be honest. So, look, if that was Arsenal, where Arsenal is sitting, I'd take it 100% take it. mm. Um, But even if it was against United a week ago, I'd still take it as well, obviously. Um, But it's just. Pickford just had one of those games and he used all these good games up in one, all his saves up in one match, I should say. Yeah, he has a few of those games, doesn't he? Yeah. Especially yeah. that save for Nunes. Mm. One for White Timber. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That was crazy. And even in the, what was it, um, the 93rd no, or the 94th? One. Yeah. Gee, that was, um, that was painful. He doesn't save that next week or this week coming, I should say. I, I feel like you, you get a different Everton in the Merseyside derby and it's a good Everton, but week in, week out, it's a shit Everton. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's it's weird. They really get up for the occasion against us and there's one or two times where we win the arm wrestle and we end up running away with it, but it's always a good, it's always a good game. Um, yeah. But let's segue back into one of our main topics, which is... VAR inconsistency. Now we've kind of already heard what um, Matt had to say on behalf of Arsenal fans worldwide. Um, so why don't we all kind of discuss what happened with Mendy and the West Ham game? Mm. Well, when I first saw that, I thought I saw the close-up angle and I thought, oh, you know, Bowen's dragged the leg intentionally to knock him off sort of thing. But then when you look at it full, that's when it slowed down and you analyze it with a fucking microscope. But then when it's sped up, like, what's he going to do? You know, Mendy's charging out at him and he's running for the ball as well. And he hurdles him. He doesn't, he doesn't actually try to like kick him. So like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a big, his leg can't disappear. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, you know, they're, they're both contesting for the ball and, and Bowen jumps and Mendy slides and there's contact either way. Um, I don't know. It's real. It's real soft on that one, isn't it? You know, if I was being super analytical, you can clearly see that there is a bend in the leg of Bowen and he's on an upward incline, which suggests he's bending his leg to avoid contact. Yeah, he isn't going with a yeah. straight leg. He's not, he's not stiff. He's not stiff legged. He's not stiff legged. It's not as if he was up in the air and now he's coming down and he's kicking through the keeper. He's clearly trying to retract his leg upward. But in, intention doesn't excuse contact and doesn't excuse a foul being given in general in general football sense. Like I know what you're talking about, but but he's withdrawing from the challenge opposed to making it. But I understand what you're saying. But intent does not rule out it being a foul. Yeah, that's, you know a, that's I mean? a fair point saying. as well. I think they're both kind of they're both sides of the coin. I just think there is not a chance in hell that that's a foul. It's very, very, very soft. I feel like where we are with keeper contact at the moment is where we were with people flopping a few years ago. If that was a challenge, say someone slid in the other end of the field, like like during in the middle of the park, that's not even it's gonna not gonna be a foul. Like there's no mm. contact. Like I mean there is, yeah, but there's like, you know, not really enough for Mendy to be holding his rib cage like he just cracked his you know, his bones into his bloody lungs or something. Like, he's, like obviously, he's going to sell it, let's be honest. That's what happens. Players sell shit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it worked out for him on that occasion. Because if he doesn't sell it's that a, as well, it's probably not a Bit of a shame. Bit of a shame that I, think, I don't know. I it, think it gets to this point. VAR in general, from a personal like experience, and I'm sure everyone else has the same experience, but 90% of goals that... Chelsea score when I watch them my initial reaction is the same as what it used to be but about five seconds later it's like shit like sit back down let's let's just see what's going to happen here like every time like because you feel like there's going to be something and like with like offsides like I'm seeing Rashford's being given onside and then I think it was Havertz's was offside a couple of weeks back like the thickness of the freaking line like surely there would be I think there should be a benefit of the doubt kind of um, add-on in offside calls in the sense of like if it's so close that they have to kind of like look at line thickness then it should be like a pink zone where they're like it's what the ref it's what the touchy said Do you know what I mean that's what I think I think that would be beneficial for everyone you know what I mean it's going to benefit some teams sometimes but then it's going to not benefit them I think it, it balances out I don't know if you agree but I'm sick of like a, a good way of saying that is that VAR is abused and not used as like a last resort yeah which is what it yeah, should be, let's be yeah. Yeah. You think too... that... yeah go bro oh well what they're trying as well what they're trying at the world cup is the ball tech is it the ball technology with offsides how yeah. the ball is hit connected by a player it's more accurate um to determine offsides and onsides i think something to do with that i feel like we should just have a camera set up on every 10 meter interval and surely or and that can that can stream a straight line or a laser or something across the field to another um another equal point and then that forms Mm. 10 meter intervals where we can see something and if it's a benefit of the doubt situation fine but if they want to review it just go back off that particular camera's view 
and have a look and see. Because VAR, I feel like the line work of VAR is never consistent as well. Even like when the they line. show the replay, it's always like slightly it's always out. a bit wonky. Yeah, they show different like, replays. They show different replays where one, like that Everton one, it looked like he was offside by miles. Yeah. And then it looked like he was onside. And then there was another one where it was close. And it was like, just, yeah. Like, why isn't it, isn't it offside where you've taken an unfair advantage on the fence? If you're a bee's dick in front of him, how is that any advantage? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, you're happy, if you're going to give that, I'd be giving those real close ones. I think Arsene Wenger said yeah, that. He's like, 100%. as long as it's not gaining an unfair advantage, which... I don't know what anything under a foot. You're really not yeah, gaining. Even still, how can you criticize someone for having an unfair advantage if they've, if they've, if they've foreseen or foreshadowed an opportunity and they've started running, and you know they're half a meter ahead, just because they had the vision to do it. It's like where did do, where does the line get drawn? It's it's a very weird. Literally, sort of where does that line get you know, drawn? I think as a fan as well, we'd all agree that we'd happily accept some of these rubber the green calls to go against us for us to then gain them as well. You know what I mean? We'd all, I'd, I'd accept that. I accept very, very tight offsides being given against Chelsea for it to happen for us, because I can tell you what, Timo Werner would have 50 goals. No, because he'd have to finish him. <laughs> no, he'd put him in the back of the net. They enlarge the, the goal maybe. times four then maybe, yeah. Do you, do you think that there should be a VAR team? Whereas the referees, they, they take turns in the VAR box or wherever it is, the and they analyse all the games. But the thing that I'm trying to say is if there was a certain team dedicated to VAR, I think the the, um, the decisions would be more consistent because you've got the same people week in, week out, picking the same calls. It's not like Anthony Taylor's in there. He'll give something a free kick. And then Jared Gillette goes in and there's not a free kick. You know what I mean? Because I they all have think- different opinions. I almost think the best way of doing it to stop overuse is to cap it at like one per half or something like that. Um, like like captain's challenge in NRL. Captain's challenge type thing, because then then Mm. it won't be over abused and it will be a little bit more on the officials to do their job. Is that specifically, Um, do you mean just for like really tight offside calls? Or like fouls uh, in general. I guess if there's I guess a foul you can that... use it wherever you want, but you know you've only got one opportunity to use it in the half, so you don't want to waste it on something like a simple challenge, you know. But yeah, it has its pros and cons. But I feel like it would be a good way of stopping. Um, I, I guess in some ways, overkill of VAR. What do you guys reckon? I think in terms of um, like a concept, it sounds like a good idea. But say for example, a a player you know leaves a an elbow in on someone or, you know, studs st- like stamps on a player's foot and nobody sees it, including the, um, the linesman and stuff. Um, like that should be punished anyway. So like, like where do you, if it's the rule all across the board, like you can only use that VAR rule for that. Then like, I feel like teams could get away with a lot more, um, you know, dirty play maybe for example, or, you know, I feel like they'd, Maybe need not one captain's challenge, but maybe multiple. I don't know. And then, like, what's well, the sweet like number? One, maybe one in like different categories per half. For example, like hmm. you have one disciplinary one per half, one offside, something yeah. else. You know? Yeah, 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 for sure. And then, so you can use you could use that um, whether it's offensively or defensively. So if you want, if you have a goal that's ruled out offside, you can use it for that. And then 
vice versa. If that if you think the other team was offside, which would weigh heavily on fans' reactions, because if they yell offside, you'd be more inclined to challenge for it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think something a setup like that would work well. I think it's it does have a downside, which is once you've used your um, allocation, I'll call it then the other team kind of can get away with murder or we'll just keep bombing on knowing that the offside isn't going to be checked, you know? That's right. That's right. Um, but that's the risk first reward of having that sort of setup as well. It's very interesting. Anyone else have a quick thought on that? Or... No. I think as a general rule, we're all pretty unhappy with VAR. Yeah. So we kind of just want to see it. I mean, think off the top of our heads what the worst VAR call has been since they've brought it in. Just like really quickly, can you think of one that was so shockingly bad that everyone agreed with? It's going to be that Coutinho one. The recent one. It was clearly onside, right? Oh, yeah, against City. Against City, yeah. Yeah, completely onside. I don't understand where they found an offside of that one. Did, um, when... Edison, when he threw the the ball out and he hit the yeah, I think it was the Villa player or the Palace player. Is that yep. kind of VAR? Yeah, that was, that's fine because he hasn't like stuck a leg out or anything. It's just it's you know why anything. City are getting um heaps of good luck with it? Why? Why? Because the Premier League officials know that they're the only team that are going to stop Arsenal winning. <laughs> I'd say it's probably down to their <laughs> own. Uh, it's probably somewhat down to their own is um, providing the Premier League with additional funds, which I'm pretty sure I read that that's true. True. I thought you. I thought you were going to say that the um, the VAR system actually runs off of oil, and they've got some sort of price agreement. Probably. Let's be honest, so and it's not well oiled. So that's correct. They got shit um, oil. Let's have a quick chat. Uh, I believe next up we were having a chat about deadline day. I think deadline day. A couple of quick transfers. Um, Anthony is probably one where we can start with the United boys. Was that deadline? Was it deadline day? Was it? it was a few close days enough? Before. Yeah. Let's well, call it like end of the window. <laughs> Let let's let's go with general thought of the transfer. Thought on the fee paid, mm. and we'll start with that. So I think we spoke about this last week. It was, you know, we sp- we spent so much on him because we left it way too late, and the Glazers, with all their pressure being put on them, decided now they're going to fork out the cash with the losses that we had to the two teams at the start of the season, and that's why we had to pay that much. But so far, I mean, you know, a debut goal, and you know, he didn't really do all that much when he was on the field. He didn't really have much of the ball, but um, defensively, his defensive cover was quite good. In you know, he shows that he wants to play for the team and. He signed for the team because he wanted to. He wanted to strike to literally want to strike to join us. And Ten Hag wanted him as much as he wanted the club. So I think um, I'm not even really going to look at the price tag, and I'm just going to say it's a good signing. I'd agree. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very excited about Anthony coming in. I think long term as well. Oh yeah, He's big time. Good. Big time. Being only 22, I think yeah, definitely long term. Any other teams? Yes. Yeah, the, oh no, let's let's keep it to going old. We're keeping it fresh, keep it more end of the window sort of stuff. So, and, what I think Brad might have the opportunity who? to 
Brad might be able to speak about Bubble. a couple. I don't know about that. No, no. Panic buy? Uh, no, no, it's it's panic buy. You could argue that, but we, we've been looking at a Bamyang for a while, probably probably the last month of the window, and it kind of was just a price kind of negotiation kind of tactic. I think from both clubs. Um, I think it's a low risk move. I wouldn't call it a panic move. I call it a low risk move for what we need in a short term kind of way. That's not me saying it's going to work out because I, I couldn't tell you if it's going to work out, especially me number nine as well. Which I'm like, oh god. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I'm trying to be positive, and I, I don't know. Obviously, Matthew will have his opinions, but I think everywhere he's gone, he scored goals, and I know he it dried up at Arsenal, but obviously there were some issues there. But Matthew probably claimed that it dried up earlier than the issues. But I think he went to Barca. Eight, I think he got 11 goals in 18 appearances, which isn't bad. Um, if he can bring that form, even half, well, not half that form, that form, I'd be very happy. Um, and Zakaria, look, that's, you could call it a panic buy because I don't know why it took us two days until the end of the window to want a defensive midfielder. But uh, I would have loved Alvarez from Ajax, but I think that might be a move that comes later on. I think just another body in midfield. He's big, strong, can pass the ball and has other qualities that we won't mention on the podcast. Um, <laughs> and yeah, look, I'm happy because it's a body. It's someone else in there. It's another option. Um, if it doesn't work out, he'll just go back to Juve. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it works out and I have faith. I think Zakari is a, a pretty good signing for Chelsea. You know, it's, it looks like that midfield screaming out for someone of his stature. You know, you've got, you know, quite smaller, not, I mean, not weak, but they're not the size of Zakaria. So I feel like he would fit in quite well. Um, how he is on the ball, I guess we'll wait and see how he uh, goes in the Premier League. But yeah, I think Zakaria is good. I was kind of like, wow, it's not they're bad. low risk, low risk. And I'm, I'm impressed with the both of them. I'm impressed with the deals and the way that happened. So I'm happy in that sense. But that's not me saying that I think they're going to be world beaters, but I, I, Really hope they do, but they're going to prove that to everyone. So we will see. Mm. Was Fafana last day as well? Well, Fafana, yeah. Fafana was the close, second last yeah. day. He, yeah, yeah, he's um top quality. Like you can, you can just see he's going to be up there. Uh, he'll eclipse Saliba very soon in the chat. So uh, he might just get to Martinez's <laughs> level. I mean. <laughs> I'll see might, wait, wait, no, he'd have to shrink, but <laughs> um, or Martinez will have to grow. But no, he, he looks very comfortable. I'm, I'm, it's it's so key him being in the league for the past couple of years as well. That's low risk, like big fee, but he's going to be a big, big play for us for the next. We signed a seven-year contract, so for the next wow. seven years. Um, Bowley's coming with that, that two contracts. Sorry, he'll be there. He he could be there for the next decade. Fafana. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. He's only 21. Um, and Reese James, you deal yesterday as well, which is huge. Five years. Like, that five is years. massive. Yeah. So very happy. Very happy. Just wanted on the field now. Off the field, brilliant, but on the field, work to be done. I just want to bring something up um, a team in the Premier League, um, Nottingham Forest. You know how we, everyone knows they've made 
stupid amount of signings. You know, they haven't 22. spent. Yeah, they haven't spent exactly twenty two. Haven't spent a shit ton of money, but they're sitting in the relegation zone. And Bournemouth, who signed fuck all and have sacked Scott Parker at thirteenth. What do we think about Forest? They're going down. I think it would be just pure comic, comical if they go down. I mean, we've seen it before. We saw it with Aston Villa. I remember when they signed all those players um, after the Grealish signing. It just doesn't always work when you want to just throw a bunch of names on there, you know, a bunch of players that, you know, clubs don't want anymore and then just doesn't really translate to success all the time. So, side note. No, it it's not all about individual quality. Is it? it just proves that you can't just put 11 players on a field that are all well, or well, top quality and they've never played with each other and expect them to play well because it's just not how real football works, does it? That's it. 100%. Just thought it was funny. It's not very far. Yeah, that's right. It's exactly right. It's a good point. Am I right in saying that Chelsea spent 280 million this window? I think you would be. Uh, Remember about two months ago, I was getting fucking ridiculed because we spent 120. <laughs> and <laughs> can spend... we also factor in the 100 million transfer of Lukaku that has also been a flop? Or oh, I agree. We're under a new regime with new ideas and want to approach it in a. You've overpaid manner. for randoms again. That's not new ideas. You've been doing that for five years. Overpaid for randoms. And Not randoms, but you're overpaid for players because you getting held to ransom because you're willing to pay the money, which is what you've done I don't for you. Cooler Bali's a world class defender. His price was below what he's worth by mile. Kukura, yes, we've paid over for him. He's only like what is he, twenty-three? He'll be I think he'll be world class very soon, in my opinion. Um, who else is there? Fafana is already up there. It's 21. Like, you can't expect to pay less than what we paid from a team like Leicester for that. Like, look at Harry Maguire. Uh-huh. I, I, don't, I don't understand this rhetoric. Like, we're overpaying. I think this summer has been probably one of the best summers, but it's just frustrating because I would have said the Frank Lampard summer was the best summer because I'm going off players that come from different leagues and they perform in those leagues. And it was a rude shock to see them come into my team and play like us. So I like that we've we've kind of bought Fafana's within the league, Kukurais within the league. Abamian, you could argue that. Um obviously um Kula Bali I think is experienced and well like world class centre back. So I feel like that is gonna work out more than what it won't. I, I don't I don't I don't think it's panic. I don't think at all. Like, look at Danny Drinkwater deals and that Zappa Costa and all that shit. Like, mm. I don't know. I understand. I understand your point, but I think this summer's it's, been different. I think it's been different. It's more my just. Re- it's obviously, and it's obviously going to be more towards Bryson. Hey, Bryson, love talking about him. Love you. <laughs> Brad's a bit more. What's the word? Logical than Bryson, but the, the shit that we copped when we signed Zinchenko for what thirty million, and then yeah. I'm sitting here having to, and this isn't Brad saying that. I'm sitting here and having to say, how much was Fafana? Eighty million. Oh, that's great it's bit of business. Sixty-nine point five million pounds. Like, no I don't idol. feel that it is right that I have to sit here and accept that that's a great deal. But apparently, Zinchenko, who has proven it more so than Fafana, fits straight in. Is playing well. But would you and say thirty million overpaid? 
Would you say if Saliba put in a transfer request and Man City lodged a bit of 80 million pounds, 90 million pounds, and you sold him, you would be like, Man City have got a good deal getting Saliba for that? Yeah, that's Saliba, not Fafana. Well, Saliba's been doing it in the Premier League for two and a half years, and Saliba's played four games in the Premier League. Yeah, and he's made more of an impact than he has in those four years. What do you mean? Fafana's played one game at Chelsea. No, no, but in terms of what Saliba's done and come in straight away and what Fafana's done, we've heard more about Saliba, maybe because he's playing for Arsenal and there's a bit of rhetoric behind him because he's been out of the league for three years and apparently everyone hates before Fafana broke his leg, he was probably talked about as the best centre back outside the top six, and he's like twenty. He was like nineteen at the time. I'm not trying to say who's better. I'm just saying that the whole pricing. I don't know what we would sell Saliba for. We won't. But I'm just saying. I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna cop the whole Zinchenko thing, which I know I'm bringing it back to Arsenal. But that's what I have to do. That's my team. And then get told that these certain deals are worth it, even though you're paying ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah, they're probably worth it too, but how isn't our ones worth it? Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but that's right. Hello that's again, Bryson. I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I can't wait for him to listen to this. He'll listen to it at all all hours in the morning and I'll get an abusive message. I just think you're, I, just, I know what you're saying, but I think your sample size for your argument isn't big enough to claim what you're claiming. Like, especially with Fafana. Like, I'm looking at Fafana as a Premier League player who's been like top quality for two years at such a young age when Saliba's gone to France and been what like really good as well. But there's differences in the leagues. He's come in and look good, but he's been here for four games. Like let's let's see how he goes all season. And then yeah, we'll but the only reason Saliba went out is because he was playing for Arsenal. If he was playing for Leicester, he'd be starting for him. Do you know what I mean? If Fafana was at Arsenal, maybe we would have loaned him out. Does that make sense? Yeah, not, that that could be that's that could be true, but we don't know that. And just because he was loaned out doesn't make him lesser quality. No, it doesn't. But Fafana and Saliba had similar chatter around them when they were the same age, around 17, 18 in France. And Fafana got his move to Leicester and elevated his game to a certain height, in my opinion, in the Premier League, while Saliba has been in France doing similar things, but in France. Now he's at Arsenal playing decent. Like, I think right now Fafana has proved himself more than what Saliba has. Oh, obviously. Obviously. And that's why, for me, he's worth 70 million pounds. For me. Like, yep. You don't have to agree. That's just my opinion. And I'm no, no. Like, like I said, this isn't aimed at you. Hello again, Rice, and I look forward to chatting to you. So <laughs> <laughs> I had to get my say in before the Champions League chat came up. Uh, yep. That's all for this one. Not a bad segue. There you go. Not a bad segue at all. Let's start with... Uh, games that are on tomorrow, which is going to be Wednesday morning. Um, and when are, you, are any of you guys playing tomorrow? Yes. Uh, Chelsea kick it off against Zagreb in the morning. I'm, it's a disgusting I'm time, bro. I'm interested. The uh, birthplace of Kovacic. So it'll be interesting to see him go back home <laughs> where he started. Um, I, don't you know, I honestly don't know what game? to expect, eh? I don't know oh. what to expect. Ooh. Um I'm hoping to see a good performance that's like progressive and we score some goals and we look solid. But knowing us, it's going to be a difficult game. So 
I don't know what to expect. To be honest, it's hard with these European games. You don't really know what to expect from them. I feel like it's either a hit or miss when you verse them. Like they're either a walk in the park or it's an absolute challenge to battle. So, yeah, we'll see. What about the following day? United aren't there. <laughs> Arsenal aren't there. We know. I guess we United know. just we know. goes to us, Sean. Yes, you are right. Are you guys coming like eight? Away against Napoli. Yeah, where is Liverpool <laughs> on the Premier League? Too? Liverpool versus Napoli. They're, they're below us, Jake. They are. Right, here's a flying. Why are you guys yeah, not? I'll just run the clock back. <laughs> Run the why? Why are we not Let's giving? Run the clock back. Why are we not acknowledging yeah. that United have United won haven't even won a Premier League? You what? What? United <laughs> haven't even won a Premier League. Oh, okay, yeah, right. I mean, Leicester's <laughs> won the same amount of Premier Leagues as Liverpool, so and that's still one more than you. What? One more than United. Mm-hmm. One more than United. Yeah. One more Premier League. Yeah, you've only won Barclays once. Correct. Oh, fucking God, cunt. You haven't oh, won a fucking unbelievable single. Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> You've won Barclays Premier League, but you haven't won any Premier Leagues. Okay, so, so if Barclays decided Little... to buy the rights to the Premier League, back does that mean? B-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b- what does that mean? Boy? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, seventh. away against Napoli. Who are in seventh. Informed Napoli, um, playing very well domestically. That'll be Didn't they lose on the weekend? Yes, I believe they're still top of their league. Um, you talking, talking about Napoli? Yeah. They played no, they last won. year. Who won? Did they win, did they? They won. That young, that uh, Georgian bloke. Watch watch him. He's oh, got the is short he to, is, he, is he linked with Chelsea? Is he? Baller. No, <laughs> he's not. But he, apparently, he had heat. Cream mode. <laughs> I'm a scout. Football right? manager. Scout. Football manager. No, no FIFA. I haven't even seen him in FIFA before. I'm telling you now. How's that? You. I've been doing this for a while. He's I'll a pretty good player. Yeah, name. he's on FM, Bryson. Plug. I'll try and pronounce his name. Hang on. His name is Kavicha Karavashiklia. Yeah, <laughs> Remember um, the name. Come again. <laughs> Kavicha Karavashiklia. Yeah, that gets worse every time you say it. Oh, um, I hate to be a commentator <laughs> in that game. He's better than Salah already. So probably let's I'm just gonna throw out a couple of key games that are occurring over the next few days. Um don't worry about results, just throw out who you think is gonna win. We'll start with Celtic Madrid. Celtic is it close close or is it a blowout? I reckon it's close. I reckon it's very close. It could be a a two one Madrid, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Celtic. Well, Celtic have been playing very, very well, and um, if you keep up with that that league, um, they'll get humbled though. Let's be honest. They yeah, very well could be. They could be leading themselves into a false sense of security. Um, Madrid could just absolutely fucking roll them, but I don't know. I think uh, I trust um, our mate Big Ange, friend of the show. I wish. Um, yeah, he's been on a few times actually. Yeah, yeah. you might have missed it. Um, it was back on before we used to record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just jump on Zoom and have a chat. Talk <laughs> football tactics and give us some ideas, you know. Uh, yeah, he used to jump in and then um James Madison used to drop us a couple of likes back in, back then too, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, James Madison. Good times. 
<laughs> Madison. Madison. I was thinking about that the other day, just randomly. I was watching, yeah, I was watching Lester. I thought Madison. Oh, that's mad. <laughs> um, Sevilla, Man City. Man City. Oh, yeah, Man City. Yeah, Man City. Come on. Uh, Ajax Rangers. Ooh. Ajax. But Ajax, 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 Ajax have been stripped of so many players, man. They signed Ocampos yeah, as a... It's Rangers. A, yeah, but don't forget, Rangers almost bloody won the Europa League last season. I mean, they got to the final, didn't they? Correct. Yeah. Uh, you are right. But my issues have they added to their squad? I'm still probably leaning seen... towards... Um, I'm still going to lean towards um, Ajax just out of... Heritage. Heritage. Football right. heritage. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Bill. I'm not sure, though. Um, I'm, I'm saying a draw. And then last one is going to be a cracking game. Inter versus Bayern Munich. <laughs> I reckon Bayern by a it's landslide. Really muddy at the moment, to be honest. What was that, Brad? Inter look a bit muddy. They um, lost mm. the, the Milan derby on the weekend um, pretty convincingly. So I'd say Bayern, I think. Even yeah. though Bayern did this as well against um, Union Berlin as well. Union they Berlin. lose or they draw? Yeah, it's 1 0. Pretty sure, didn't oh, they? Can well, we. Um, no, Can they just... drew, I think. I thought it was Maybe I checked it while it was still on. Oh, they drew. Sorry. 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 Just while we're on the European fixtures, can we talk about some of the bigger Europa League games, if that's okay? Absolutely. That's actually a fantastic um, so idea. 5 a.m. on Friday, we have Om- Omsinia. Om- Omnia. <laughs> oh, my God. Sheriff. <laughs> Om. Omnia yeah. Nicosia versus oh, Omnia God. Nicosia. If anyone want to look that up, they have <laughs> a. Um, are they Greek, Alex? They look like Greek nah. writing on them. Fuck any relation to that. any relation to Basinovic? <laughs> um, <laughs> what about this team? There's a team called SK Hunty Gamer. SC what? SK Hunty Gamer Sturmgraz. <laughs> kidding me. what they play on a 3g picture sk punting <laughs> stern grave kimber grange right there that's yeah no nah, in all serious there isn't really many big games we versus zurich 245 i think i think the biggest games in the um in the group stages will be us psv arsenal and what united so i see that i see that that's probably yeah the other, Everyone the other else team is quite spread out. Sheriff and that other weird team. Yeah. The other ones in our group. But yeah, far out. Europa League is good for a Friday morning multi because there's so many games on at once. You can mm. really get really get your, you can really your outside your multis in. Alex is in the form at the moment, isn't he? He's ready to yeah. make more money. Funny that was, wasn't just, was just on the half looking at a few. Any uh, any parting words from the boys, or are we pretty happy? Yeah, I'm just going to say I'm very proud of my club, and I was ready to give it up not that long ago. I'm very proud that we won four games <laughs> in a row. Came close. I got. Joke. I took my. Things change, hey? I took my jerseys off my the hooks and I put them on under in a fucking box. I'm not even joking because I was that fucking annoyed. <laughs> I, I had a fucking massive. Some shiny new toys in the yeah, back up yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Oh. <laughs> I had a big fucking hissy fit after the Brentford game. 
Like, what did it say? This. I had shiny toys under your bed. Is that what I heard you say? Now, just before we leave, I'm just going to quickly throw out who I think is going to be, uh, by the way, this is one of our preferred segments and the wannabe pundits. I'm just going to throw out who I think might be a uh, fantasy player of the week or someone to watch in the fantasy league. And I'm going to put in Mr. Pascal Gruz of Brighton oh, playing bro. against Bournemouth. Uh, nah, well. Bournemouth are going to win, mate. I'm so sorry. Bournemouth are a bit of a, sorry, Brighton are a bit of an informed team coming up against Bournemouth who are a little bit nowhere. Oh, um, they're further up the, the ladder than some other teams. I've got a soft spot because my brother goes from and I watch them all the time. But They certainly are up a bit further than some other teams, aren't they, Jake? Mm, mm, so, I don't know. Where is it? Where's the game at? Um, I believe that is at Bournemouth. Mm, the 10,000 capacity stadium. Mm. Smaller than Central Coast Stadium. Believe mm. it or not. Can we just um just to finish this before we leave, just get a little update of the league table? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I was actually on that. I don't know if any of you boys are on it, but um I don't know what the league table is. Very never heard yeah. of it. <laughs> um it was neck and neck between the Spanish Chorizo uh Grasco and myself. I meant the uh, Premier League table. Oh, I thought you meant the FPL table. No, you can do that. That's fine. But, yeah, quick shout-out to Bryce, and I must say he um, almost cracked 70 points this week. Um, Captain Harlan Rashford were his big, big scorers, um, and he's on top now, which is a yeah. shock. I've slid real hard. Dylan, can I ask why you're, like, 100 points behind me? Yeah, a bit of a rough start, mate. I um, <laughs> yeah, I, mate. I, had basic, I had basically the 11 that most people would have to start with. And then the first match round was shit, so I changed to a different lineup, and I've just been chasing my tail ever since. Who is um Max Ursel in the group? Is that a friend of you boys? Yeah, we'll have no. to find out who that is. Maybe if maybe if they're listening, we can. Uh, we His can name is Bryson's bag. Bryson's bag. So does, does that Bryson's sounds like a Ben. Have a team? <laughs> yeah, it'd be Ben. It'd be ben. That it'd sounds be like ben. ben. Yeah. Sounds like Ben. Shout out to Ben who's not here tonight. How are you, Ben? <laughs> Shout out to Ben in his bags. <laughs> oh, he does look like a man that knows his way around a bag. That's right. <laughs> we, I don't know if anyone here would be against carrying a bag. Today. Sorry. <laughs> bean bag, I should say. He, he looks like Sometimes. he can make his way around a bean bag. I can Bryson's bag. Bryson knows his way around a bag of fucking kernels. Kernel. All right. All right. That should. Uh, and on, should on that note, <laughs> on that note, let's uh, let's wrap it up. It's been a another episode of the Wannabe Pundits podcast. Mm. Um, thank you as always to the gentleman, and we'll be back next week. Bye for now. Goodbye. See you later. Bye. See you later. Adios, amigos.